two things I've noticed with everybody that's ever come into my archery shop with crossbows that said, it, it, you know, hey, I get it sighted in, and then four shots later, it's all over the place. They're not using the right kind of scope that's made for crossbows. And then after, or they could have their arrows not tuned properly. Well, that's true. But I, I, first thing I always look at is the scope, what kind they have, because if they use a cheap scope that's not made for crossbows, as they're shooting, the crosshairs will bounce around and they're going to be off. You got to invest money into a good quality one and you'll get one that's great for low light, you know, the smaller diameter. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb the... Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to wiseeyesmartcam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Wise Eye presents Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. We are in the studio, K-Country 95 studio, Man of Springs, Thayer, Missouri. And I'm in the studio with Redbone Mike Crace. Hey, everybody. And Wayne Lott, director of podcast. Good afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This hot weather's been terrible, guys. Terrible. I can't stand it. A lot of people's not even hardly working, man. This got to work outside. Some of the people has been so bad. I was down at Grandma Nell's eating lunch the other day, and there was a gentleman sitting beside me, not naming any names. Man, he looked red as a tomato and just soaking wet. And I said, are you okay? He goes, man, he said, I blacked out. Mm. He said, uh, I see tunnel vision. They had to call the ambulance. The ambulance come in there and got him out of the restaurant. Mm. That's how bad this heat is. We just want to give a and shout out to it. can get you in a hurry. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take very long. Yeah. Yeah, we've been posting on the chamber page. We've been posting the warnings and telling people how to take care of themselves. And, you know, don't forget your livestock and your pets, too. Yeah, it's it's bad. So we just want to encourage everybody out there that's listening and watching whatever, you know, uh, take caution in this heat. Make sure all your pets have got plenty of water and uh, make sure your family and check on your neighbors, especially the elderly people, you know, so. Uh, and, and here we go. And, of course, by the time this show airs, we're recording on Wednesday. By the time it airs on Saturday, we're going the other way because next week it's below average temperatures right. all week long. Yeah, I saw morning temperatures of 58 degrees starting Tuesday. Yeah, and highs in the low 80s, which is yeah. about four or five degrees below average for this time yeah, of year. I'll so, take it. Yeah, Brad and Amber Dennis were live right now on Facebook, everybody, and said it's 100 there in Tennessee right now. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's all slowly pushing off to the northeast. I will give a big shout out to Charlotte Dishman, a good friend of ours over in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, she's a case knife lover, just like we are. We love case knives. We love Shepherd Hills Cutlery, Lebanon, Missouri. Their big event is coming up here in September. Oh, yeah? Case knife celebration. They got Marty Stewart going to be there. Do you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, Mar cool. Marty Stewart, Bluegrass. Grand Ole Opry, Marty Stewart's going to be the entertainer there in Lebanon, Missouri. I believe it's September. Look on your calendar. September. Look at here. Case Knife. Right there. In, Bob, in Bobcat Green. 
Bobcat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's the T for? What's the T for? Is it for Tennessee? No, it's for Thayer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it was for Tennessee, it'd be orange, orange. and not on my head. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard that new that country slice? Not new. It's been out for a while now. Uh, that uh, Maroney girl does. Uh, I'm wearing Tennessee orange. Tennessee, yes, that's a good song. That's I'm not. I'm not heard song. it. I'm oh, yeah, actually talking about meeting this guy, and he's a Tennessee volunteer fan, and and uh, she comes. I think she comes in the song. Comes from Alabama. Right. She's like, she's like, sorry, mom and dad, I'm wearing Tennessee. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. He makes me do things I've never done. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. the song now. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, guys, here it is, uh, August twenty third, believe yep. August twenty third. We're recording degrees. Yeah, while we're recording, and it's food plot time. Some people's already put their food plots out. That's good. Uh, all I do say to them is I encourage them to be spraying for army worms uh, if you want to save your food plots. Uh, we're not going to plant till we get some more moisture in the ground. Uh, we will have some new news to share with people here in a week or so of working with another company in the food plot and pasture uh, line of outdoor industry. We're working on that, and I'm testing some products. Uh, I treated a tomato plant here six days ago, hmm. and the tomato plant was about the size of a quarter, and now uh, within five six days it's the size of a half dollar oh wow yeah so mean a tomato oh a tomato a tomato yeah. okay uh yeah, so the tomato plants we bought this year are terrible man they they wouldn't grow hmm. yeah but I, I had really good success with mine but more they're did. they're burned up now mm-hmm. yeah i said did you save any seeds from yours because you've always had good ones you no should. i don't save seed seed there goes your side business. You're retired now. You got you got to start looking at these side businesses. Yeah, it's a whole lot easier just to run down to my favorite farm store true. and just buy the <laughs> buy the plants in the eight pack and put them in the ground. That's right. All right, it's food plot time, guys, and it's archery time. You need to be shooting your bows. If you haven't, we encourage you to be shooting. Part one of the show was uh, selecting the right bow, uh, crossbow or, or right bow, and setting it up. So we're going to talk about shooting techniques and probably go back on some things, setting bows up and things that we do to share our knowledge uh i've been an avid bow hunter since i was 14 years old i'll never forget the first time i went on an archery hunt uh by myself hunting with an old recurve over a muddy old pond that held water and i was hunting in uh, the pre-rut in october i'll never forget those old cool mornings 14 years old driving my daddy's pickup i hope no state patrolman's listening but you can't give me a ticket for that many uh, i believe statutes of limitations have yeah, statute limit, yeah but i drive that old truck out on that old gravel road and and park that truck for daylight and, and ease down that old logging trail to climb up in that homemade tree stand that i had up in that tree between two pine tree limbs and uh, some of the fondest memories i ever had but archer hunting if you're not an archery hunter <laughs> man you want to rush you want to experience God's great creation and become an archery hunter. And that's what we're going to talk about, Wayne. Sounds good. we got a lot to cover today. Yeah, and if you want to experience some of the greatest frustrations that you'll ever <laughs> deal with, Being become archery an archery hunter. hunter. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you'll see a lot of ups and downs in archery yeah. hunting. And, and what we're trying to do here is educate you and share what we know, not that we know everything because we don't. Uh, to help you become a more proficient archer. And uh, that's our subject matter of this show. So uh, we got a lot of football coming in now. Friday night lights. Liberty Eagles is playing Stratford, Missouri. We go to Stratford, Thayer, Missouri. Uh, Thayer playing at home with uh, St. Vincent, the Indians out of Perryville, Missouri. Yep. Play that one at home. And, and of course, as people hear this on Saturdays, games were all last night. But 
Yeah, and all foot and for those of you that are watching, and maybe don't know, almost and every game that I know of around the area has been pushed back to eight o'clock this week due to the heat. The heat, yeah. Games were originally scheduled for seven, moving them back to eight. I looked it up. Official sunset on Friday is at seven forty-six. So at least they'll won't start the game competition until the sun, the sun down. goes down. So that'll help some. Yeah. Well, I'm ready for Friday Night Lights. Uh, if you ask me how good do I think Liberty Eagles are, I think we got a lot of talent. Uh, I'm not going to say how good they're going to be or, or how bad they're going to be. We just really don't know yet. Just really don't know. I mean, last week they were playing in Jamboree and looked really good. Mountain Grove looked pretty good. Houston uh, looked pretty good. Willow Springs struggled a little bit, and, and they know that. They are very didn't have a senior on the team. At Willow Springs, so young you know, they're they're kind of yeah they're young and working toward the future. And and the Thayer Bobcats have only got three seniors, yeah. so they're kind of working for the future too. But yeah, what about your favorite team, NFL? Oh, Steelers are looking good. Um, I got a lot of confidence in them with this one this year. <laughs> Pickett and Pickens, I think it's going to be a combination you're going to be hearing about on ESPN. ESPN are they two and zero in the week. preseason? Yeah, two and zero. Yeah, they won. Uh, it last doesn't two games. matter. Right. It's preseason. But I, I look at, for me, what I like to look at, you know, I know, we, and I agree with you, preseason means nothing. Uh, what I like to look at is the, um, not only how your first string does those first, you know, five to ten plays that they're actually in, but also the, the second string is the backups, because if someone goes down, it gives you an idea, you know, who do you know, and it also lets you know, if you follow a team closely like you do with the Chiefs and that, and I know you do too, Alex, is it lets you see how competent are your uh, guys that are doing your drafting, who are going out and doing the scouting and that. Are yeah. they finding these gems and that? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what preseason's for. Yeah, It's not for the frontliners. It's for the twos and threes. Right. Find out who can make the team and who can't. And by yeah. the way, Kansas City Chiefs this week played Cleveland uh, Browns. Oh, that should be an easy one then. Arrowhead. <laughs> that should be an easy Arrowhead. one. Arrowhead. My ass, Mary She's playing Arrowhead this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We want to give a shout out to all the other school teams that listen to our radio talk show through all the eight other AMFM networks Cape Girard area, Sykeston, uh, Popper Bluff, Salem, Missouri. Ava. Ava, Missouri, man. There's a team to look out for this year. They're going to be one of the toughest ones in our district. Uh, that being said, we're going to go to a break. We come back, we're going to talk about shooting archery techniques don't go away we'll be right back with more american roots outdoors right after this break hey this is eddie salter and you listen to american roots and outdoors with alex rutledge and friends hunting off the farm wishing on some love i've been on a big board for a while like load him in the back of my truck we can take it to a holler Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys. You ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits. BuckGrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactate and doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer herd use buck grits across the creek up a big old hill year after year got my hunting gear horny d ammunition presents 
Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Alex Rutledge, your host, along with my co-host, Mr. Redbone Mike Crace, Wayne Locke, in the studio at K-Country 95, Thayer, Mammoth Springs, Missouri, Arkansas. And our subject matter again is archery shooting techniques. I'm going to let you kick it off, Wayne. What's one of the first things you would want to tell somebody or share with somebody after they've got the right bow and they're fitted for the right bow? What's one of the first things you want to talk to them about in shooting? Breathing. I would say that's be the first thing I told them is you got to you got to learn your breathing breathing patterns and what a difference it makes uh, if you don't uh, shoot you know have your release timed with your breathing techniques and uh, you know just take a look at target let's just let's go right out there target panic big buck comes in what's the first thing you do your heart rate goes up your breathing goes up one of the things we used to do and, and I like this somewhat of a comparison. As a paramedic, you know, when you get to that that shooting, that full arrest or whatever, your adrenaline's rushing. Adrenaline kicks in. So yeah. as an instructor um, for the city of Cleveland, what I used to do is have our students run up six flights of stairs. And then when they get to the top, then do your run your full arrest because it's like having the adrenaline. You're, you're out of breath. You're, you're, you know, you got that, that pump going. Right. And it's the same thing. Anybody can just sit, you know, walk out of the house, walk in the backyard, knock an arrow, shoot. Oh, look, I did great, man. I'm, I'm good out to 30 yards. Do do try to do like 20, 30, 40 push-ups, run around, you know, your your farm a little bit, then grab your bow real quick and then try and shoot. And it, it'll tell you right away you need to practice your your breathing techniques because if you're panting and you're breathing hard, you're not gonna be hitting the target. Well, here's my question. All right. <laughs> this big buck walks up. Where am I gonna find six flights of stairs to run up before I start shooting? Oh, that's what I'm saying. You practice being out of breath because this way well, when it comes I, I in. Well, yeah. hold on. I wanted to say where can I where can I, drop where can I run to get push-up. some cupcakes? <laughs> you eat too many of those, you're not gonna be running at all. Or, or uh, hold on, Mr. Buck. I need to do my twenty to twenty-five push-ups before I start. That's right. That's really, right. though, I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm, I'm it is a great point. It, it, so it, we're being we're joking, absolutely. cutting up. Let me tell you, he, he's right. Heart rate, excitement. Uh, it, it, it's good to learn that way. And what it's doing is teaching you discipline. Yeah, teaching well, discipline. Well, and, it, it, and, it, and one of the things I want to touch on, if I may, real quick, uh, uh, stand up real quick. You're in a shooting stance. I want to show this to everybody. You're shooting stats and talk to them about you're holding your bow and you're getting ready to draw your bow. Talk to show them what you meant about breathing, your rocking, your timing of your body. Okay, you're draw you've drawn your bow. Okay. Okay. Now you're breathing. Now watch what his body does. Look ahead. Just, you're shooting the target. Actually, you can just it, for those and for those that are listening to the radio, we are we're actually doing this live also on Facebook, yeah. so yeah. this way they can see it live. But it, as you as you're breathing, you can just watch my hand going up and down with the breathing. So, you know, you just got to time it to where you breathe as you breathe out. When you get to that pause, that's where you're going to want to do your release. It's you timing. Have, yep, it's just all on it, timing. It's timing. And, and, you know, there's different types of releases out there. And we touched on that on the, uh, part one mm-hmm. uh, of show one of different types of releases. Scott releases. You got pressure releases, all kinds. But uh, that's, that's a great point that you touched on. Mm-hmm. Uh, shooting techniques, too. What I want to say is I try to, and you may want to film me. Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, when I shoot, I turn, I'm right-handed, so when I draw my bow back, I'm pushing and pulling at the same time, and I turn my left foot towards my target, okay? And I'm shoulder-width apart. When I'm shooting, you know, my arm, if you got your arm extended way out like this, a lot of time your arm's going to get bit. 
Yeah, you're going to get that, that slap. You get bent because mm-hmm. your draw length is too long. Mm-hmm. Your arms should be bent. If you'll notice my wrist, come in behind me here. And notice where my wrist and my arms bent. See how straight it is? Parallel with this, my two fists. Right down my hands here. Mm-hmm. You see, that's the way you, your proper stance is. And you have your open legs, shoulder width apart, and your left foot towards your target. When I draw my bow back, I'm pushing and pulling at the same time. And when I anchor, and I got a nose kisser, what I do, I take dental floss and tie it off, mm-hmm. and it sticks me right in the nose, and that's my anchor point every time, and I settle in. What it means, practice makes perfect. The more you shoot, the more accurate you're going to become. So that is one of the shooting stances that I share with our listeners, our viewers, that I like to do in shooting a bow. So, Yeah, I think, and, and when you're in that stance, you want your, your weight equally distributed your two legs. Because how many times have you seen people, especially beginners, that shoot, and when they release, they fall forward? Yeah. They've got all their weight on their front foot. And then yeah. when that pressure releases, they go, you don't want yeah. to do that when you're Follow 20 feet high. Follow through on your shot. You're 20 feet high in a, in a tree stand. You don't want to yeah. be falling yeah. forward when you shoot. You don't want, And likewise, you don't want to be falling backwards. So you got to get your weight evenly distributed. And That's, I want to I want to say this, too. When you're shooting a bow, and if you've got the proper draw length, and once you launch your arrow and you release... Your bow, if you're set right and it's balanced right, your bow should tilt forward. Yeah, just drop. It should tilt, drop forward every time from the recoil. Yeah. It should go forward every time. And what happens is a lot of us, we get shooting excitement, just put that side on, let it eat. You're liable to throw an arrow to the right or to the left. That's why you need to stay calm. You need to think of these three things. You ready? Your stance, okay, locked in, anchor point, release smoothly every time. And if you're rocking, you're timing that, and you'll know instantly if you shoot enough, if you've made a good shot or bad shot on the launch, the yep. release. Yeah. It's just like shooting a rifle. It's just like throwing a baseball or a football or, you know, hockey players, whatever the case may be. It's all about repetitiveness, repetitive, repetitiveness, repetitiveness to make it to make it instinctful instead of having to think about it. And yep. that's what you want. That's, that's why we encourage people to practice. Because once it becomes instinctive, you don't have to think about it. Because you start thinking about, am I doing this? Am I doing that? And then you're going to move somewhere else. Yeah, Steve Huffman just now made a post, uh, responded to our live feed. Mm-hmm. He said, I love to shoot sitting down. And we're going to talk about that, shooting sitting down, if you're up from ground blinds or you're up from a tree stand or ladder stand, if you like to shoot. You need to practice different ways. Again, yeah. repetitiveness makes perfectness. Well, and when we're talking about techniques, also one thing to keep in mind, and you were talking about how your bow should tip forward, that's one of the, a, a common mistake beginners especially will make is they don't realize that the grip of your bow is supposed to sit in the pocket of your uh, thumb and forefinger and just let it just let it be loose. Have yeah, your fingers don't like grip it. right. Have your fingers loose, you know, or barely touching the front, but just keep it th- loose. And the best thing I like doing when I got new shooters that I'm training is as they pull back. And they're, they're, I tell them, okay, now hold it loose, and I'll see that it's loose, and I'll say, now grip your bow. And as soon as they grip it, that bow usually torques to the right. Yeah. I said, so now, I said, that tells you right there if you're doing something wrong. If you pull back and you're, and you're keeping it in that pocket and nice and loose, you're going to be nice and straight. But as soon as you grip it, that bow will automatically torque to the right. Keep your stance again one more time. Mm-hmm. I just want to emphasize this. Watch this again. Watch when he grabs his hand. He's grabbing this bottle of water like the bow, the riser of a bow. What it can cause, it can cause the arrow to go left or right. Watch. So I'm holding it loose, and then as I grip it, you see my water bottle twist. Yep. And that's all I'm doing is gripping it. Yep. 
practice makes perfect. We're going to go to a break, everybody. When we come back, we're talking more about archery shooting techniques. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. In my old pair of hunting boots, passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart. So you never gotta worry. Hey guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? I'm gonna put some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover. You're wait, put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover in it. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord? Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that'll get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eagleseed.com. American Roots. Eagle Seed presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. It's time to plant those food plots, everybody. I went down to Wiener, Arkansas, Eagle Seed headquarters yesterday and picked up a big load of Eagle Seed smorgasbord, uh, 2,500 pounds of it. I've sold every bag of it except for nine bags wow. within about two hours last well, night. Somebody wants some, they better contact you. Her, her. They better get a hold of me. I, I got to go pick up another load if you want some. I've only got nine bags left. If you're in driving distance of me, so we'll get more. While I was there, it's unbelievable. They got a new uh, employee there, and he was taking care of all the orders. And he said, Alex, he said, you would not believe we've sold over a thousand bags in the last week of smorgasbord. People ordering it all over the U.S. Wow, that's fantastic. That's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. I suppose we get get back to shooting Shooting techniques. Shooting techniques. Uh, You know, the thing that uh, my uncle uh, that, that taught me to, to shoot a bow way back 35 years ago. Uh, the thing that he stressed the most and I remembered the most about the entire conversations that we had and, and him demonstrating was you got to practice like you hunt. Wear the same shirt, wear the same hat, wear the same boots if you can, because it creates a difference in your height, creates a difference. I mean, if you're going to hit the bill of your hat, I mean, there, there are so many things that you got to do. And you want it to be the same every time. It's just like pitching a baseball, throwing a football. You got to do it the same every time. So, so practice the way you hunt. And you'll find out real quick if your jacket is going to get in the way of your strength. Yes, or if the hat that you prefer to wear is going to get in the way of your bow. Right. Yeah. Some people like to wear a long, you know, brim hat, and then when you go to pull back, that it's hitting the brim oh. before it's hitting your nose. Yeah. That's going to be a problem. Going to be a problem. I got a question here, guys, on live Facebook, Chub. Chuck Lively asked, here's his question. What advice do you have on getting a velvet buck out of the woods without damaging the velvet? Wayne, you want to answer that? Hire 10 guys to carry it out carefully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've never shot a velvet buck, so I would have no idea on how to do that. Here's Our what, season in Ohio started way later. so Here's what out. I suggest. I suggest if, if you successfully harvest a velvet buck, uh, do not try to drag him out of the woods. Oh, even though his horns are almost hard, depending on what state you're in, 
uh, if you can drive your side by side or ATV or yeah. whatever, or put him on a cart or something where you can haul him out instead of dragging him by the antlers to score, you know, to tear tear up his antlers or the velvets on his antlers, or do like the old timers did, grab your buddy and get a pole. Time put to him pull, on a pole, time to pole, yeah. shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So that's the answer to that question. Good question. Hadn't ever, yeah. really ever even thought about that. Yeah, let me look see what other questions we have here. I've seen Facebook posts over the years, though, where people said they shot this beautiful velvet buck, and then when they grab the antlers to pull, it, the velvet just peels off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve Huffman, he says Lyme disease is on the rise here in West Virginia. Mm. We've got listeners uh, watching our live feeds right now. Brad Amber Dennis. Amber Dennis from Tennessee says velvet season opens here in Tennessee in two days. Only allowed one velvet buck, only a three-day hunt. Archery only hunt. Very hot temperatures, though. Uh, Spencer Peck's watching. Dave Talley, Russell Roy, Kerry Robbins. Uh, Steve Dean from Arkansas is listening. Any questions, feel free to ask here live on Facebook, and we'll answer those questions the best we can here on the live feed here uh, on Facebook and throughout our show. All right, so Alex, here's my here's my question. We kind of move along here. Uh, should people practice with their field points or their broadheads? Great question. This goes back to shooting techniques. I want to say you know, it's very important to match up your your broadhead weight with your practice tip weight. Okay, and it's important to also uh, get your broadheads, depending on what type of broadheads you fixed or mechanical. Make sure they're flying properly. And what I do, and I mentioned this in the last show, is I number each arrow I got in my quiver, okay? So what I do is with my practice arrows, after I number them, I shoot my broadheads on those arrows also. So when I shoot those arrows on the broadheads, I know which arrows fly the best, most accurate. Then I take a new set of arrows after I've seen that they're tuned. Then I'll tune these new arrows to the broadheads I'm going to hunt with. And I usually won't shoot them once or twice to make sure they're dead on. Once I've done that, what happens is when you shoot your target arrows with your broadheads, I've had it to happen to me, and I know you have too, Wayne, and a lot of you listeners and viewers had it happen too. Your knocks get wear on them. I'll never forget you and I hunting in Kansas, City Limits, Overland Park, mm -hmm. the big eight-pointer. My D-loop starts slipping on me, Oh, and it would pinch the, the, the knock and the arrow fell off my bow with a 160-inch eight-pointer at 20 yards, didn't it, Wayne? Yeah, I think it was more than 160-inch. That thing had to, I bet you it was pushing easily 171 to eight to 180. But, yeah, his his uh, D-loop had actually closed just slightly, so his knock went on just fine when he was sitting there. But as he drew back, it pinched it and pushed the arrow off. And and it, it, the first time it fell off, uh, I know we, I, I, we I, looked I, at I, each I, other, and the deer was still standing there. And so he very carefully put back on, pulled back again, same thing. Fell, same fell right off, and then that, you know, that, that record buck just kind of yeah. ran off the other That's way. That's why but. it's important to have new arrows. And, you know, only shoot your broadheads on these new arrows a couple of times. That way you know your arrows are fresh. And, again, number those new arrows, one through five. Your quiver hose one through five arrows, you know what your number one arrow is. you got faith in that arrow. you got faith in all five of those arrows or six arrows, what's in the quiver. So if you're hunting from a ground blind, uh, we're going to talk about shooting – from a setting position, okay? And again, I want to touch on this. If you're sitting down, and I'm going to, sitting here in my chair right now, Wayne's going to film me. When you sit down in a chair to know you've got the right bow that properly fits you, you should be able to draw your bow sitting down like this, point it to the ground, push and pull at the same time at ease, 
And when you know that with your arm bent and your your hand pointed forward parallel with your shooting hand, you know you have the right bow. So what do when you practice shooting? Remember, your legs got to be the same every time. If you got one leg doing something different than the other, it can throw you off balance when you go to shoot. It's all memory. It's all about repetition. So it's good to practice, learn to shoot. You got to rem- you got to have a good memory, and it comes naturally once you do it a lot. What I try to do when I start shooting my bow and shooting techniques, I start out at ten yards to make sure everything's in line. Uh, then I'll go to 20, 30, 40, and 50. I'm not telling people to shoot at deer over 30 yards. The reason behind that is so many animals are crippled and lost because people are trying to make long shots. We encourage you to shoot animals 30 yards and less, no matter if you're hunting from the ground or a tree stand. Yes, I've shot animals a lot further than 50 yards, not bragging, but I have, but I do not encourage that. None of us encourage that. And the question was asked there, Wayne, I believe it was a question asked about broadheads. Do I like fixed blades or mechanicals? Yeah, Chuck Yeah, Chuck uh, Lively asked that. And like we said last week, you want to start an argument? Ask that question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've killed deer and elk with mechanicals and fixed blades. But I like a fixed blade, truthfully, better than anything I've ever shot. And the interlock broadhead is one of my favorite broadheads. They don't pay me a dime. They, they used to sponsor us. But it's one of my favorite broadheads to shoot because you can tune it on the ferrule. You can remove the ferrule on the broadhead from the shaft, and there's an Allen wrench uh, indention at the end of the ferrule. You can tune it right there instead of heating your insert or your arrows to tune the shaft, to tune your arrows. It's important to spin your arrows to make sure they spin and they fly true. When arrows launched, and we talked about this, we talked about this. Arrow oscillates. It bends and straightens as it's propelling. It's going downrange, just like this. It's oscillating. I'm moving my hand for the folks that's watching on live Facebook. So you got it's crucial to have confidence in your equipment. And when you have confidence in your equipment, you'll be more successful. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk more about shoot, archery shooting techniques right after this. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr. And you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Accurate, deadly, dependable, Hornady ammunition. From a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady, each piece is hand-inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly, simply put, the best. Hornady ammunition. Find Hornady ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com. How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. 
cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. We'll be waiting when they hit the ground. Big time coming, it's what we do. From a whippoorwill to an old house. Bug Grits. Amped Outdoors presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors segment four of our show. Part two, show two. Archery shooting techniques. We've touched on some good stuff here, Redbone. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, left off talking about the flight of the arrows and uh, fixed broadheads. And by the way, I prefer those myself. I just have more confidence, you know, in the mechanicals. And I got some one time, like many years ago when I was still bow hunting, and I just wasn't confident that it was going to open yeah. like it was supposed to. Made you paranoid. Uh, it did. Well, it just destroyed my confidence in, in the arrow. And you got to have confidence in your equipment but one other thing i wanted to mention and you talked about last time and that is not shooting and and everybody has done it at some time wounded a deer made a bad shot whatever uh i'll give you a perfect example why it's not a good idea you know get that deer in where you know you can make that shot last year during rifle season i killed a buck nice nice eight point buck actually it was two years ago took him to the processor to have him processed they called me on my way home says we can't process your deer I was like, why not? They said his entire back end is abscess. Hmm. And someone had shot that deer, obviously during bow season, and wounded it, shot it in the back end, and it developed an infection, and the whole deer was wasted. Not only did I waste my tag, I couldn't eat any of the meat. So, I mean, that's another reason why. Make sure that you can make that shot. That's why this is so important. Because you might cost somebody else a deer and cost them their deer tag. Right, and the only bright side to that story is you you did save that deer a lot of suffering later because if the gangrene was already setting in, that was going to be a slow death. And you did not deer. know that. Right. No, I didn't time. know it when I shot him. No, yeah. no, he was he was he looked healthy otherwise. It was just when I got him to the processor, and then the the wound had healed, but it was on the inside. It was abscess. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, we owe it to the animals, you know, God's creation to make good shots and. That's why we are doing these shows to promote ethical hunting and and shooting techniques and sharing what knowledge we know. Again, we're not here to tell you we know everything because we don't. We just love to bow hunt. We love to uh, uh, hunt animals. We hunt God's creation. That being said, we need to talk about crossbows a little bit here. Wayne, you're a crossbower. Uh, I've never crossbowed, very little. So what tips do you have for our listeners, our viewers, uh, on shooting techniques with crossbows? Basically, it's just like a rifle. Again, you're going to go back to breathing techniques. Um, it's you know, if you think about your rifle, you know, up and down with the barrel. Same thing with the crossbow. You got your up and down with that with your breathing techniques. If you have something that you can rest the forearm on, and again, make sure everything is out of the way. If you got a quiver that holds your arrows underneath, you know, if you got a removable one, which I always recommend. A lot of people don't like the removable ones because they say it rattles. Well. I keep mine off and up in my backpack anyway as soon as I get up to the stand. But if you got, if you can practice your crossbow, like in a, let's say, seated position, put your elbow on your knee, have it out just like you would a rifle, uh, but you're also going to practice if you have nothing to lean against because at least with a, a compound bow, you can lean your shoulder and your back against a tree to help give you a little bit more support if you have to. You can't do that with a crossbow. You can't lean your crossbow against the tree for obvious reasons because the way it's formed. But, you know, the uh, the, the crossbows nowadays, you can do 
you know, with a scope, without a scope, again, make sure you have quality equipment. I can't stress that enough. If you have a poor quality scope, two things I've noticed with everybody that's ever come into my archery shop with crossbows that said, you know, hey, I get it sighted in, and then four shots later, it's all over the place. They're not using the right kind of scope that's made for crossbows. And then after, or they could have their arrows not tuned properly. Well, that's true. But first thing I always look at is the scope, what kind they have, because if they use a cheap scope that's not made for crossbows, as they're shooting, the crosshairs will bounce around and Mm -hmm. they're going to be off. You got to invest money into a good quality one and. You know, get one that's great for low light. You know, the smaller diameter is not going to be so great. Yeah, we want to touch on uh, some of our other sponsors, and we could go on and on and on about crossbow hunting. I want to give a big shout-out to buck grits. You know, right now is a great time to be feeding buck grits, and I feed year-round on my farms using the Wise Eye cameras to collect data. Uh, If you haven't seen the new Wise Eyes, they got a new mini out. They've put all the features of the smart cam back into the wise eye camera which is gps tracking it does video uh, time lapses you can actually do live time you can go to your phone app on your phone and hit hit any camera you have and go live to your camera instantly right then so that's pretty cool also uh buck grits again i want to emphasize on that it's a great way to find your big bucks right now Velvet Shed has not started quite yet here in southern Missouri, northern Arkansas, in my areas anyway. And uh, seeing little bucks, no big bucks right now. Uh, extreme hot temperatures have kept the movement way down. Uh, I want to give a big mention to Legacy Farm and Land. If you're looking for hunting properties, farmland, houses, etc., cetera, uh, go to LegacyFarmLandLLC.com. And real quick on that, uh, the heat, I just actually yesterday relocated all of my Wise-Eye cameras to my watering holes because they're because not, the they're, yeah. they're, they're not going to the be heat. walking all over your farm. They're going to stay real close to those watering holes and in the shade. Yeah. yeah. And also uh, concerning buck grits, make sure it's legal to feed where you live uh, because in, in states, I mean, Missouri has got... If you're Oregon, in C- County, Oregon, Oregon County, County is not legal. How County is not legal. Uh, no, if you're in the CWZ zone, you cannot feed deer. So. Right. Please do not violate that. And Arkansas, some parts of Arkansas. Some parts legal. over yeah. in the northwest, over in the yeah. Boston Mountains. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, I, I feel that our show has had a lot of great content. We've shared what knowledge we have. We've got a part three coming up next week of, you know, getting you ready for archery season, September 15th. It starts here in southern Missouri, uh, I believe in October 1st in Arkansas. But I uh, hope these this knowledge and some of the tips we share with you helps you. And uh, we thank you for listening. And real quick, uh, Wayne was giving me some t- statistics coming here to the studio. Wayne, share that info with him real quick. Uh, well, we did uh, 3,000 uh, downloads here in just the last couple weeks, uh, which is great news. We're also in the top 15%, I was notified, in the top 15% of outdoor shows. So I'm uh, I'm always happy to on hear podcast. that on podcasts. Yeah. Correct, yes. Yes. Yeah. I want to thank all of our partners, even our local sponsors. You know, there's so many to mention. We could not do this without them believing in us. And, uh, you know, we don't want to work for anybody if we cannot give you a return on your investment. And we take to heart everything we do. And we we are all about faith, family, friends, and outdoors and our constitutional rights. And always remember this. Share the outdoors with a child. Share the outdoors with somebody new that's thinking about getting into the outdoors, hunting, fishing, etc. CRSA tournament this weekend at Van Buren, Missouri. 7 to 5 p.m. You do not have to be a member to fish the tournament. Also, remember this. When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry. 
what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Do you want to sell your land? Do you want to buy land, hunting land, farmland? Contact Legacy Farm and Land Specialist LLC. Ryan McKinley, tell us about Legacy. Legacy Farm and Land Specialist LLC is based out of Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We service all the state of Missouri. We're opening up an office in Kentucky. Come and see us. There you have it, folks. Legacy Land and Farm Specialist LLC. Buy, sell, auction. Ryan McKinley, 573-683-1449. Legacy Farm and Land presents, welcome to our bonus segment here at American Roots Outdoors. Uh, We just wrapped up the four segments of our radio show. Now, this is our bonus segment. If you're listening to this, you're listening probably on your favorite podcast here. We're going to share this again. We was talking statistics and looking up our reach numbers and how many hits and downloads we've had on American Roots. And again, Wayne, you want to share that with our listeners? Yeah, like I said, we have uh, we've done over three thousand uh, downloads just in the last couple of weeks, which is great. Um, we've got over sixty thousand uh, for the last uh, couple of years, which I'm, that's also great. And we're in top fifteen percent. Uh, for people wondering, you know, how uh, what devices are we most listened on? Apple Podcasts is number one podcast. Ninety six percent of all, or no, excuse me, ninety four percent of all of our podcasts are listened to on a phone device. So makes sense. Yeah, yeah. People, people that's pretty road. cool. Or they're on their tractor, they're on their lawnmower. You know, I cool. listen to my podcast. I love listening to podcasts when I'm to on the lawnmower. You know, we got sixty thousand downloads. That's yep. that's pretty yep. impressive. And I believe, if I'm correct, Wayne. Uh, Redbone, uh, this makes our, since 2011, we started airing radio. Mm-hmm. And so over 200-some shows we've aired on podcasts. Uh, for the podcast, uh, we're at this episode here that we're on right now is episode 204. 204. we got to celebrate when we get to 250, you think? Yeah, actually, there's a, with our carrier, there's a, an achievement award you actually get for 250 uh, podcasts. Is that right? Yeah, because most people, most podcasts don't last, believe it or not. The majority, and we're talking like, I, yeah. statistically, it's like 70% of your podcasts don't make it to 50 episodes. Yeah. We're blessed. People lose interest. Yeah, and it's, they just, they discover it's not as easy as you think. Yeah. But, you yeah. know? Yeah, but it takes, it takes a lot time of work and money. Behind, it takes a lot of work behind right. the scenes. Oh, it yes, is. It does. You and you know, we wouldn't be where we're at today if it ain't for you doing radio, Redbone, and Wayne, you you editing the podcast. You know. So that being said, I, I just want to talk about uh, the amped outdoors battery real quick. Uh, I fished a tournament here two weeks ago, guys, and I talk about it all the time. I've never seen anything like it. The amped eighty AH. 24 volt, one battery, weighs about 42 pounds. Uh, I was using wet cell batteries before that, and each one of them weighed right at 90 pounds each, so I had an extra 180 pounds in my boat. So I've lightened my boat up, and I usually had to change batteries about eight hours in the tournament. I checked my gauge. I have a gauge that I run to monitor the life of the battery. I had 37% left after fishing the tournament two weekends ago on my batteries. And that's a huge statement. The term before that, King of River, I had 57% left. Wow. 
So if you haven't tried the Amped Outdoors batteries, they have starting batteries. They have batteries for everything, trolling motor batteries. They have 36 volts. It'll save you uh, a big hassle, lighten up the load in your boat, and it'll last a lot longer. That being said, shooting techniques. I, I, I wanted, oh, you want to say something? Yeah, I want to go. We were talking earlier in the show about uh, uh, target panic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, different techniques, you know, like I'm, I was talking about breathing and things that I tell people to do to get under the how a real life adrenaline rush would be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a kind of a funny story and a sad story at the same time. For me, I was shooting the uh, Ohio uh, Police and Fire Games, the Olympics, uh, and we were on the last target, which was a, just a, it was a, it was a 3D shoot through the woods. We we're in the last target. I was in uh, uh, second place. All I had to do is score two points, and I moved into first and would have got the gold medal. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that at the time, so I'm just shooting, shooting, shooting. Get the last one, 20 yards, broadside, bore target that you shoot all the time in your backyard if you have one of these targets. So it's a cinch. I was like, no, pay, you know, piece of cake. The lady keeping score, one of the scorekeepers, the officials, says to the lady behind me, the other guy's wife, says, all he has to do is hit the target, and he wins. <laughs> Worst thing I could have heard. Because yeah. well, I guarantee it, yeah. it missed. It, all I got to hit the target. All I got to do is hit the target. He wins. As soon as I heard that, I didn't go like start breathing fast or anything, but it got in my head. Yep. And twenty yard target. Guess what? Whiffed. Totally missed the target at twenty yards. Yep. Finished with a silver that day. Yep. And I, it's like you got to be kidding me. So you, there's all kinds of forms of target panic. Doesn't have to be a big buck. Archery shooters that uh, do 3D shoots and uh, paper target shoots, they all have the same thing. You know, yeah. it's uh, well, it happens in in all in all kinds of sports. all sports, right? All sports. Uh, you know, I, I remember playing golf one time. We were at Tantara up at Lake of the Ozarks at a Missouri Broadcasters Convention, and we had some downtime. So a bunch of us broadcasters, Gary Gary Lee, and some others, we all went to play golf. It's a PGA course. I never, I wasn't that good of a golfer, uh, but anyway, there's a lot of water on this course and if there's water on the course i'm hitting it <laughs> it's like a magnet to you ain't the it? last the last golf hole that i've ever played uh you tee off in about 30 yards down the fairway there's a creek runs across the fairway everybody goes oh, that's no problem you know we're hitting the ball 180 200 yards down nope teed off ball pops straight up in the air land right in the middle of the creek 30 oh yards gosh. down the fairway <laughs> I threw my driver into the woods, and I've never played golf again. <laughs> so, anyway, a, I guess the moral of the story here is, is it gets a, in your head. It gets in your head. A lot, your a lot head. of shooting is mental. Yeah, yep. you got to men, be mentally disciplined. It's like with anything, though. And I it, mean, it, making it, that perfect cast with a fishing rod, you know. Right. Uh, and, and with the, with archery, you you want to set yourself up for failure the next time you go out. Miss a deer. Oh. Because the next time you go out, it is in your head that you missed the last shot. And that that really plays hard on people. Well, See, to about- me, to me, guys, I, if, if you've watched any of the old Primetime Bucks videos, you've seen several times, a couple of times I remember, that I called Bucks in literally within 15 yards and miss. Mm-hmm. Shoot right underneath them, and they run out there, and me stop them with a grunt or whatever, and, and smoke them at 30, 35 yards. To me, I've always been able to keep my cool. I'm not bragging, but I have. 
under situations like that. Same with missing a turkey or anything. If you miss an animal with a bow, you shoot from a tree stand, ground blind, or whatever, you know, don't be afraid to grunt or bleed at that deer to stop to create mm-hmm. curiosity to get that second shot. Yeah. And how I, what helped me with that is I, back in the day, Bass Pro Shops, we used to shoot the pop up 3D tournaments. And you learned how to load quick. And I practiced for that, mm-hmm. you know, and that helps you and it helps you stay calm. Yep. So don't be afraid if you miss an animal to grunt or bleat and hurry up and reload and, and shoot again. So I mean, how many times have you been wade fishing or, or float fishing, and the tree leans out over the over the creek or the river, and you go, "Yeah, I bet there's a big old bass laying up under that limb." Yeah, yeah. But if I throw up under there, I'm probably going to get yeah, you get, get hung up in the tree. Mentally, you think that, and sure enough, you whip it up in there, you've caught a tree bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that play tricks yeah. on you. Yeah, you should just leave that out of your mind. I mean, it's yeah. it's the confidence. Say, I bet there's a big old bass under there. I'm going to get him, and then just toss your lure you know you just make me think of something you know i fished smallmouth tournaments mm-hmm. at, at crsa and fish some lake tournaments not a lot of them but uh if you think about how many times you cast a day oh my goodness no wonder you can become accurate oh, absolutely mm-hmm. it's the same way with the bow the more you shoot that bow or that crossbow the more proficient more accurate you're going to be so it's got all about again for the fourth or fifth time throughout this show it's about about repetitiveness yeah me and a couple guys uh with the valley view hunt club used to set up the 3d archery courses that we had on the weekends and we would have i mean they were realistic i mean we made it so like your your animal was down in the yeah. like a beaver target was in the tree had to go you know and, drop. and you had to shoot like you're shooting like underneath a fallen tree or yeah. between branches you'd be surprised how many people show up and be like we couldn't shoot target you know number six because there's no way you can shoot through that i'm like why they're like well, it was too tight i'm like you realize your arrow it's just like an eighth of an inch wide. So if you can get it, there's no, and I, I'm telling you, we're putting them through holes that were probably a foot yeah. and a half, yeah. but it's in their head. <laughs> it is. You know, if it's not wide open in a field, they just get into this yeah. like, oh, I can't hit that. It's, I yeah. got to shoot through too much stuff. Your arrow's an eighth of an inch wide. You're going to make it. Yeah. You're going to yeah. make it. Hey, uh, there's a benefit. Wrap it up real quick. Uh, Jess Laughlin's uh, family is having a benefit in Carter County uh, coming up here want to give a big shout out to everybody there if you can support that family his i believe it's his aunt's got cancer jess laughlin in van Buren, missouri that being said again share the great outdoors prayers for the laughlin family uh with a kid uh share with somebody new and always remember it's about god's creation and remember this when your roots run deep and strong there's no reason to fear the wind Take it to a holler, take it to a field, across the creek.